Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. We're here in Twickenham just a couple of hours after Wales narrowly lost to England in the Six Nations. And I'm joined by the Daily Mail rugby writer Alex Bywater. Alex, what what did you make of uh, that one? It was really tight, wasn't it? I thought for long periods Wales were going to pull off another Twickenham shock. Um, I didn't see them leading at half-time as they were. And I didn't see them winning the game, if I'm honest. But in the end, obviously, they didn't. But I think there was a huge amount of positives, arguably far more than the Scotland game. So we've just finished a press conference, haven't we, Warren Gatland? Really positive. He was saying that, you know, they're showing signs of a good team. Um, it feels weird to be sort of so positive after Wales have lost two games. They've been a team that haven't been used to, to losing games in the Six Nations. But they are at that rebuilding stage. And uh, there were certainly signs of promise. I think, yeah, I think if they had one, it would have been probably, you'd have find it as a smash and grab, wouldn't you? Um, but it, it wasn't sort of totally undeserved. They, they held in there, and, and it was probably, a, well, it was a complete inverse to the Scotland game, wasn't it? They scored all their points in the first half and then got nothing in the second half, you know, completely different to last week. But it, it was pleasing in the sense that if you th- those first, I don't know, 20 minutes... It did look like England could run riot, and and maybe that's a lack of clinical edge from England, but also, it's just tremendous character from what is a, a young group of players. Yeah, well, let's be honest. I don't think England were that good. I think they scraped a victory. Yes, they had dominance for the first ten minutes or so. They didn't score a try. I think Tommy Ruffell had that turnover, which was the start of a unreal performance from him. He's been Wales's best player, I think, of the Six Nations so far. But maybe we can touch on him in detail in a moment. But the bottle that they showed, I thought, throughout the game was really impressive. We're, we're learning so much about guys like uh, Alex Mann, Cam, Cam Winnett. And what is what I think is really interesting is that when Wales have been successful in the past, their characteristics have been like, you know, staying in the game, never, never knowing that they're beaten. And I know they've lost the first two games, so that might sound a bit stupid, but... I think some of these players are showing that they have got those traits and they should get a lot better from this because, you know, last Saturday many of them were making their debuts. So let's uh, let's see what happens. But I think there's, you know, there's signs to be positive. Obviously, it's Ireland next, which, again, you'd have to say, you know, it's going to be a, not quite a miracle if Wales were to win, but a long shot. But I think if they can continue this progression hopefully in the future then these players can form a positive side exactly and it's funny we haven't really heard Warren Gatland say it it's maybe the start of this campaign he said it but he obviously said it during the World Cup a lot and he tends to in those campaigns he talks about making a team difficult to beat and that's sort of his benchmark and I think we're seeing that with this group of young players it would have been so easy to come in and do some things good and then do other things bad and, and, and get blown away in these first two games um and yet they, they, they've sort of stuck it out, particularly today. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned some of the performances there. Cam Winnett, Alex Mann, these are guys who had barely double-figure senior appearances before, you know, last week. And the two of them have, I thought, were superb today. Uh, Daffod Jenkins as well. Yeah, to the he's four, seen, wasn't he? Oh, he's been excellent as well. I think I've sort of, you know, blown a bit of smoke up Tommy Reffle there rightly, but Jen- Daffod Jenkins has been up there the first two games, I think his physicality and work rate, you know, for a 21-year-old lock at this level, 
you know, in theory, you'd expect him to be in his prime in five, six, seven years maybe as a second row forward. So for him to be playing as he is now, leading the team, I think he's spoken very impressively as well in the press briefings that he's done so far. Um, and the messaging from the young players is maybe not surprising, but I think really positive. You know, these aren't guys that are happy to be scraping one or two point losses, which is what we've seen there. They think they can be winning these games. And for long periods, I thought they were going to today, but England just turned the screw in there. I didn't think they were certainly that great. But Ford's kicking in the last 20 minutes um, was superb. They just pinned them back and Wales couldn't quite get out, could they? And then they were, when they tried to run the ball, they were out on their feet, weren't they? Understandably, I think. So they couldn't couldn't quite do it. It, it probably it took elements of maybe that game last year. Obviously, Freddie Stewart was superb. That one take before four in fifty twenty two, like that's that's just no regard for your safety. He's just you know like Dyer's taking him out in the air without meaning to. It's not a penalty, but it's just ridiculous. It, basically, Wales could not avoid Freddie Stewart. Whereas conversely, Ford was keeping the ball away from Cam winning it in the air all the time in those last twenty minutes. He was he was isolating sort of Johan Lloyd in the backfield and that's that's what proved crucial it was just who who had the better kicking game and I suppose it was easier for England maybe because you know and you you asked the question and alluded to it obviously there was changes in the pack as well and it did feel that when England brought on their front row and Wales brought on their front row that made a difference in terms of the scrum I thought that was a really key moment I'm not sure exactly what the minute was but early second half when to that point, I thought Elliot D and Kieran Azarati were having really good games. The fact that England subbed both their props before Wales changed their front row, I thought was a reflection of how well the scrum had been going. It wasn't perfect. And I think Elliot D has been a revelation, really, for the line-out. And then I can understand why the substitution took place in terms of fresh legs I think Warren Gatlin in the press conference said you know they were expecting Kieran Azarati to play around the 50 minute mark which is obviously why they substituted him and you know it was a big ask for Archie Griffin who's obviously a player of real promise but on his test debut you know to come on against um, Ellis Genge who'd come on for Joe Marler and Dan Cole on the other side of the scrum and England got on top of the scrum I thought in the last half an hour of the game uh, and Wales' line-out creaked a little bit and then that allowed George Ford to play a kicking game that gave them territory. Um, his 50-22, wasn't it really? That was the key thing that led to the Dingwall try, which was um, which forced a field position from where Mason Grady had the yellow card and then the try and ultimately that was the difference. So I think, you know, England and Ford should take a, a lot of credit for that. I think... They are two from two, but I'm not quite sure they're going to be troubling the scorers in terms of the title. No, no, and I think you know as we France just about got over the line in, in Scotland's there. It's it's Ireland's title to lose, isn't it? But I thought even England's try, just the, the level of work in the defence. Obviously, that you know Ford kicks a penalty a few minutes later that that takes them into the lead, but. They made England work for that. Made them score out wide. Ford misses that conversion. They still held the lead, but just it would have been so easy. Just the, the, the amount of carries that England put together in that red zone and and this Welsh defence, like they did in that last passage of play in against Scotland last week, they they, they held firm for most of it. And, you know, 
in the end, it, it really, you know, England had to really shorten them up just to just to get in the corner. Yeah, I think Mike Forsh will be pretty pleased with. Obviously, well, he won't be pleased with the first uh, 50, 60 minutes of the Scotland game, but I think he'll be really pleased with what he saw today here at Twickenham. Warren Gatlin was pretty pleased as well, wasn't he? So I think, you know, there, as I said, there are definitely signs of um, positivity for Wales. I thought what was interesting in terms of, you know, if you take Wales or England out of it, the whole sphere of international rugby and how it looks at the moment, it, it almost seemed like both teams were a bit better without the ball. Like England, yeah. to me, looked at their best when they weren't perfect in defence with their, you know, the system that Felix Jones brought in, but I thought the way they held Wales back on the whole in phase play was was very impressive, and they they actually looked a better team without it. Yeah, and I mean, it'll be an interesting one for Alex King and I think Rob Howley when it comes to the the attack because a lot of what Wales were trying to do was off the back foot, and they were chancing their arm maybe like there was. Yoan Lloyd tried a few crossfield kicks from very deep, and and at times they overplayed, I think. But then conversely, that second try for Alex Mann, that's that's as well worked a Wales try, I think, we, as we've seen for a long time, just the sort of the lines the raffle was picking, so there's inside passes. I mean, it all came from a damn Jenkins turnover and raffle diving on the loose ball. But just the, just the amount of intricacies and, and the level of work was was really impressive. And it, but that was probably few and far between today. I don't think Wales' back line really, well, he didn't have a platform, but I don't know if Yoan Lloyd necessarily had the performance he'd have been hoping for. Maybe a it's, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because we've got to remember that Yoan Lloyd, was it fourth cap? It's his fourth cap and it's his first start. First start. And obviously I know with him there's been a lot of debate about his position. I'm, I don't think personally he's a test 10. So with all that being said, you know, it was far from perfect, but I thought he did okay on the whole. But I think Wales will be desperate to have Sam Costello back for the Ireland game, which is obviously going to be pretty tricky. Um, but in terms of attack, you know, maybe they didn't break down England as much as they'd like. There was one incident, wasn't there, where uh, Cam Winnett went through, Henry Slade jumped out the line, and that nearly led to a try for Rio Dyer. That was a nice moment. But let's remember that attack can, doesn't always have to be backline moves. You know, the the um, the rolling maul that led to the penalty try was excellently worked, in my opinion. And that, that also had, you know, a lot of joy against Scotland. So that's a positive. Um, I think it was just it was just difficult for the back line to get going when they were getting repeatedly smashed back. And I think maybe one of the things that Wales really lack and need to find, and this is maybe a wider issue, but is ball carriers. Yeah, no, they do. And, um, and to be fair, Gatland freely admitted that they tried to pick and go thing sort of around, I think it was half an hour in, and they, they went through a lot of carries. Ended up actually going backwards a little bit, but they probably tired the English force down. He admitted that's basically what they're going to have to do against teams who defend like England did today, quite aggressive. So, he, you know, he's probably quite freely acknowledging that the carriers aren't there. Obviously, Mackenzie Martin's in the squad, but again, he's you know 70-odd days into senior rugby. It, it would be it'd be quite something to sort of throw him in, especially with Wales's fixtures now. It, it, we are getting progressively harder. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with Ireland and France. I think um, we may see Will Rowland start in the next few games to yeah. to improve that area. Uh, I thought George North had another good game in terms of his carrying in midfield. 
especially because he received the ball on numerous times under so much pressure. Yeah. You know, he he busted a couple of tackles from not not quite a standing start. Um a difficult position to take the ball but in terms of forward carriers yeah we we know Will Rowlands obviously came off the bench they didn't uh, take part in the Scotland game because of the, uh, his family situation um, and I think the longer he spends in the Wales squad although of course he's got to go back to Racing 92 hasn't he so maybe that will count against him but I think we might see him alongside Daft Jenkins for the Ireland game It's a, it's a tough call because as you said the, the, the malls are going well and, and Adam Beard's been shepherding that, so it is it is a difficult one, and it just it speaks to how well Dav Jenkins has really settled into this captaincy role. Um, as you, you say about George North, it was I thought that was a real positive was the familiarity between him and Nick Tompkins. I thought they worked a lot of tip on passes on the gain line, and that made it easier. And it was pleasing that Wales were actually quite bold with some of their their passing. But you know, as we alluded to at the start of the podcast, I think the biggest positive was, was Tommy Reffel. And, you know, we spoke about some of the turnovers he made, which were just ridiculous. Warren Gatlin's just spoken about how they want to improve him as a ball carrier. And he certainly did that. And not just his carrying, though, his hands. Like, if you watch, obviously, with my job, I cover a lot of the Gallagher Premiership, not the, you know, the URC. And so I see Raffle quite regularly for for Leicester. And everyone knows how good he is over the ball uh, in terms of winning turnovers. But... The way that he's been involved in attack in this game today, I think, showed just what a quality player is and that he's evolving as well. Um, he's someone who, you know, when we speak to him in the media, he's very quiet, isn't he? You don't sort of get much from him, but when he when he steps out there, he's, he's phenomenal, really. And obviously, Jack Morgan's out injured at the moment. And, you know, he's, he's probably too good to be classed as a replacement for Jack Morgan, but... He's doing a phenomenal job, so clearly, you know, he's a nailed-on starter for for Ireland, um, so long as he's fit. And again, you know, you think about how Ireland like to play. If if we can get any inroads into the breakdown, that's crucial because they are so uh, so efficient. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say how quiet he is. I seem to remember him saying out in France that he doesn't really enjoy watching rugby as much as some of the other boys in the squad, which is surprising given. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, he's not he's not a rugby nose, but. Well, Jesus, it's can, funny we're on we're in the mix zone obviously here at Twickenham and just downstairs Steve Borthwick's just walked through with his with his family and uh Tommy Reffel is his children's favourite player. So they've had the perfect day, haven't they, really? The Borthwick children. They've had an England win for their dad and uh their favourite player was us. I mean, Ben Earl was officially named man of the match and he had a good game, yeah. but I thought Reffel was man of the match. No, absolutely. And if you think back to last week, he kept Wales in it in that first half, and he he did it again in that in that opening twenty because exactly. So he's not just you know he's not a, sh- a show pony, pony who only gets involved when the going's good, as you say. First half against Scotland, everything was going against Wales, and he kept them in it. Same again for sort of fifteen twenty of the first half here at Twickenham, and then the way he was involved for Alex Mann's try was. Superb. I think it was Gareth Thomas was involved from memory. It's only yeah, I think it was a couple of inside balls, and he cut a really nice line off one pass. I forget who it was. It's a really nice sort of out to in line. But like I say, it all started from Dav Jenkins getting a turnover. The ball goes loose, and in one movement, Raffle dives on the ball, gets up onto his feet, and sort of spins around to, to, to sort of get to the other side of, of an England player. And it's just 
it's just just a special talent and um it'll be fascinating to see you know it looks like you know you with James Botham out injured Alex Mann's going to keep hold of that six jersey it'll be interesting to see how this Wales back row develops because we've I think we've probably gone in the last four years of having Welsh back rows where certainly under Wayne Pivak you never felt like it was the back row he, he, he wanted I think he was searching a lot with different combinations whereas certainly since the World Cup we're in a strange place where it feels like every back row he's put out he's more than happy Warren Gatland with the with the selections you know you, you say that he's missing Faletau he's missing Jack Morgan obviously Tiprick retired you're still very happy with the with the back row trio he's got it. Yeah, hundred percent. And man, man, you know, two tries in two games. He's got great feet, Alex Mann. I think from what I've seen so far, the way you know, perhaps he doesn't he doesn't look like the biggest. Obviously, he's still very young, so maybe that's part of it. But his feet in contact are, are really good. So, yeah. I think what's interesting moving forwards. Maybe obviously, I'm jumping the gun because Jack Morgan's not going to play in the Six Nations because it's of injury, but. How does he get Morgan and Raffle in the same team long term? Because they played the Argentina quarterfinal was then, wasn't it? Yeah, and then he admitted afterwards, you know, maybe that leaves them short of a line-out jumper. But blimey, they are two good players. It's, they've got to try and get them in the same team. I think. Indeed, they do. But as we say, that's not Warren Gatland. Jump the gun. <laughs> problem for the time being. The time being, now he's got to he's got to worry about Ireland after obviously a fallow weekend, but. I think he can he can leave Twickenham with certainly his head his head and the players' heads held high. You know they they said they said afterwards they should have won that one, and that's that's an incredible place for them to be right now, isn't it? Yeah, and I think they'll be kicking themselves. You know, we've just in the the mix zone with the uh, the players there, and that was the overriding theme from the likes of Josh Adams, Alex Mann, and Rio Dyer. These are young players; they're not just happy to be making up the numbers. They they want to be winning, and they want to be be winning now um so if you look at the way the rest of this tournament's going you'd struggle to see them winning in ireland but then they've got france at home um lost who lost their first game arguably should have lost their second let maybe we won't are we i don't know if we should touch on the the try or no try but uh you know it's probably fair to say they're not firing on all cylinders they're coming to cardiff on a Sunday game at home, you never know. And then it's Italy, so we'll see. It's going to be fascinating. Um, I think that's it for tonight's podcast. We've got to head back to Wales and, and, and Sharpish. But, of course, we'll be back later in the week with a slightly more in-depth podcast to break this one down and look ahead to the rest of the Six Nations. But until then, goodbye. <laughs>